welcome to the Get Cozy Podcast, where we talk all about the coziest of book genres, the cozy mystery. I'm your host, Christy Meyer, and I'll be bringing you author interviews and keeping you up to date on all the hottest cozy mystery releases. We'll be diving into the latest episode after these quick messages. So grab yourself a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you want to help support the podcast, be sure to join our Patreon. We have different tiers to choose from to get weekly exclusive episodes, membership in our book club, and podcast merch. You can even choose the Cozy Supporter tier and receive a monthly Get Cozy book box, which includes one paperback copy of your choice from a selection of books by Get Cozy podcast guest authors. To join, visit patreon.com slash getcozypodcast. You can also visit our website, getcozypod.com, and check out our podcast merch. We have shirts, mugs, and totes available now. Finally, if you'd like to donate to the show on a one-time or recurring basis, you can do that via Venmo at GetCozyPod. Thank you so much for your support. You listeners are the heart of the show, and I couldn't do any of it without you. Hello, hello, my cozy friends. Welcome to another episode of Get Cozy Podcast. I hope you're all having a lovely summer so far. I'm very excited to chat about a cozy mystery series today that I'm sure will make your summer even better because it includes some of the best ice cream recipes I've ever had the pleasure of eating. And we're going to be chatting all about the Shake Shop Mysteries by USA Today bestselling author Dana Mentink, who enjoys writing in many different capacities. She currently writes for Harlequin's Love Inspired Suspense and Poison Pen Press. She's the recipient of a Romantic Times Reviewer's Choice Award, two ACFW Carroll Awards, as well as a Holt Medallion. So welcome to the show, Dana. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm just so excited to have you. I so enjoyed reading your books. So getting to chat about them is just going to be a treat. Fantastic. Thanks for reading. Of course. And today we are going to be chatting all about ice cream cozies, tiny houses, and of course, a sprinkle in time. So Dana, do you want to kick us off by telling us what the book is all about? Sure. It's the uh, second installment in a series that features uh, Trinidad Jones, who is a, uh, a, a new transplant to Eastern Oregon in the little town of Sprocket. She's inherited a uh, storefront from her, or she's been deeded a storefront from her ex-husband on his way to prison. And it so happens that the two other ex-wives, which she didn't really know about in the first place, also live in Upper Sprocket. So shenanigans ensue. And her uh, grandfather, Papa Luis, uh, a Cuban transplant to the U.S., he shows up as well in his beautiful uh, classic 1951 Chevy Bel Air and more shenanigans ensue. But this book takes place um, during Alpenfest, which is uh, sort of a fall themed affair in uh, Upper Sprocket. So lots of visitors, lots of yodeling, lots of craziness, 
And of course, you got to throw in a senior dog in there too. So of course, <laughs> yes. And I just had so much fun reading the series. The characters are lovely. And the mysteries in both books are just so well plotted and twisty. And I definitely say that these are both perfect reads for the summer and for the fall as well. Fantastic. We were hoping to uh, to be appealing past the season that it was written in. So right. <laughs> the third one is actually a Christmas time book. So I think we covered everything. Oh, fun. Yeah, we'll definitely have to keep our eyes out for that. I can't wait to pick that one up as well. So the book is set in Upper Sprocket, Oregon, like you mentioned, and I just found this town absolutely charming. It definitely had that Pacific Northwest vibe. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the community that you have created in this series? You know, I think it's kind of a, as authors, you always kind of create the kind of community you kind of wish you could visit, right? So, mm -hmm. or live in. So this is kind of a quirky little town that's got apple orchards it's got a small little main street right sort of the uh, swiss alps of the pacific northwest if you will because they have a you know mountainous area they have the uh, beautiful fertile valley so it's it's kind of a just what i would consider the perfect town minus the murders you know <laughs> minus the murders yeah no that's a great description of it uh, like it, it is quirky and quaint and it is absolutely somewhere that you would just want to go visit if you couldn't live there like i wish this is somewhere i could go in real life me too. I know. It's always better in fiction than real life. Right? <laughs> I know. I know. It always is. That's why we love books so much. So one of my favorite things about this series is the way that after Trinidad finds out about her ex-husband's other wives, the three women do actually band together and take care of one another. And I thought that incorporated some amazing feminist messages into the series. So why did you decide to have these characters become such great friends? Well, I have this theory that women are, and don't tell any men, are the stronger, the stronger of the two between men and women. Women are the ones that hold families together, you mm -hmm. know, in spite of terrible odds. And they're, I, I taught elementary school for years and years. And the, the number of strong women who were holding families together with or without the men were pretty amazing. Right. Wow. And I always thought if you have a strong woman standing next to a strong woman, you can really, you can really make some strides in this world. So I just really feel like, you know, women can lift each other women, you know, you lift up other women rather than the, the competition we sometimes fall into. So I was hoping to convey a little bit of that in the novel. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, there's so many elements about this series that I did enjoy, but watching those three women overcome personal challenges and then work together was just so heartwarming. And I absolutely loved that part of the story. I thought that was something that definitely was a piece that readers could read and then take away, like learn from and be inspired by. I absolutely loved that. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. And while reading this book, I was also very impressed by what a great job you did of creating a web of suspects that kept me constantly guessing as I was reading. So can you tell us anything about your process for layering clues and suspects into your novels? Well, you always kind of start out with those big clues that you know have to be buried in there somewhere. But it, the lovely thing about writing cozies is there's so much detail that it's easy to hide clues because you have these small town people who are passionate about different subjects and they bring all kinds of material 
um, versus when you're writing like a suspense novel. I think it's a little bit harder to hide things because mm-hmm. you don't have as much detail to work with. So you start out with the big ones and then you kind of layer in some little little herrings as you go. Maybe the second and ter- third time through as a writer, um, you discover clues that you didn't know you could put in there that you can hide in there. So cozies are really, really fun to embroider those little clues into. It's hard to do though, because readers are really savvy, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, readers are smart. They can like sniff it out. <laughs> I know it's mystery true. Readers, you can't fool a mystery reader, boy. They're, they're tricky. <laughs> I know that's true. And that's such a fascinating process. I mean, I like many mystery readers do don my sleuthing cap while I'm reading. And I do feel like usually in cozies, once you've read a lot of them, you do get better and better at figuring out who the killer is. But in both of these books in your series so far, I I just kept on guessing and I didn't figure them out by the end. So that was a lot of fun. Fantastic. Good. Good. Yeah. I did my job. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Good. Good to know. Yeah. So tiny houses have such charm and are definitely a very fun trend right now. So why did you pick a tiny house for Trinidad's home? I just think tiny houses are the coolest things ever because everything is so economical. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every tiny little little bit of space is so perfectly thought out. Um, and of course, it created some great uh, complications later when her, her grandfather shows up and she's got a dog. And in book three, she's going to get a parrot. So it just is <laughs> it's fun having them all on top of each other in a tiny house. But I secretly always had a fantasy of living in a tiny house. But um, I don't think my husband's on board with the plan. We do actually have a very small house in Northern California. So it's not tiny, but but it is pretty small. That's so neat. I love the idea of living uh, in like such a minimalistic lifestyle. And I think tiny houses are so cute. I really love watching that um, HGTV house hunters, like tiny house (laughs) edition show. Oh my goodness. They're so fun. You know, we have so many belongings and materialism is so strong. We, Mm -hmm. We just kind of part of us longs for that, like simple life with just the few things that you need. And yeah, <laughs> it's a little fantasy of all of ours, I think. Oh, definitely. It's like, we're constantly like striving for more and more and more. And then like inside we're, we secretly just want things to be more simple, more easy. And we want less, which is so fascinating. The less is more. Yeah, exactly. So you do have just such a sweet and charming love interest in the series. And I was hoping you could tell our listeners a bit about him since I'm sure they will all absolutely fall in love with him. Well, he is a sweetheart. He is a a veteran. Um, He raises uh, hazelnuts. He runs a hazelnut orchard. And he has a brother who he is the guardian for, if you will. And his brother has some, some special needs. So it was really... Uh, an interesting character to write because he has to step into the role of parent to this brother. Um, so he has a lot of, a lot of depth that I, I enjoyed, but he's, mm-hmm. he's a good guy at heart, trying to do the right thing, trying to be, be the person he needs to be. And I think a lot of people out there are doing that same thing, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to be who they need to be for their family to keep their, their family on track. So his name is Quinn and um he just, he's just really close to my heart. I'm a romance writer primarily as well. So I always love it. If you can, you know, sneak in a little romance into the story, that's the best thing ever. Yes, definitely. I like to write an older hero 
you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed Quinn's character. He just has such a big heart and he's genuinely just such a good person. So he's the kind of love interest that we as readers just love to root for. We love to see the two main characters on the page together. And that does not surprise me at all to learn that you are a romance writer because the romantic subplot is so engrossing in the series. Yeah, you know, I I think if it doesn't have love in it, it's not a story worth reading. So (laughs) no matter what the love is, if it's a father and child or a you know, hero, heroine, there's, there always has to be love in the story. Otherwise it's not really worth it. Yeah. Oh, I agree completely. And I love that quote so much. That's, that's perfect. I also really enjoyed the supporting cast of characters in this novel from Bonnie and Juliet to Papa to Diego and Carlos. So how do you approach the task of creating a cast of side characters that readers will root for? Well, I think the big thing is that they have to think of themselves not as side characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they have to be integral to the story and there has to be a purpose to them. They can't be just that that somebody who, who you know, relays information or what have you. They have to have be purposeful. It, and it's just always fun to write, you know, multi-generational stories where you have teenagers. I uh, my my children are young 20s, so it, we have teenagers swirling around us and it's just always fun to add their perspective to the story Mm -hmm. and I always of course have a heart for the older generations I think they have so much wisdom to provide and they're they shouldn't simply be caricatures in a story they should be you know integral parts so I think if you have that you have a richer a richer story for people to sink their teeth into yeah, I agree completely. And I feel like uh, side characters are so important in cozy series as well, because we get so invested, not just in like your main character story in these types of series. Like we want to find out about all of the other characters and their lives and how they grow and develop and what happens with them as well. It's kind of what keeps us coming back again and again and again. I agree. That's what I look for in cozies that I read, too. So Mm-hmm. That's a really beautiful part that you can, that you can play up in a cozy that you can't as much in other type of books. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of your characters, so Papa is definitely one of my favorite characters in the series, and I've heard other readers say that as well. So can you give us any hints about whether Papa will be staying in Sprocket? Well, uh, you know, Papa's pretty important, right? He's definitely important in this story. And the third story that I'm just finishing up now in the series, um, you know, kind of brings to a close some big arcs that we're wondering about. So I think Papa's going to stick around, you know, I think he needs to see how this all works out too. So he needs to have his own little corner of happiness, I think. Well, good. We, I'm so excited to read more about him. He does bring just, I mean, like you said, like so much wisdom to the story. And he's also just got like this, kind of like calm approach in the face of like chaos and super stressful things that are going on. He's such like a grounding force in Trinidad's life. And so I just love to see him on the page. Me too. He's actually modeled after my real life grandfather. So it was just a pleasure to, to weave him in and out of the series. How neat. That's, that's so cool to be able to kind of like pay homage to people in your own life through your writing. Absolutely. 
So you kind of touched on this at the beginning of the podcast, but in the, the Cozy Companion in the series is Noodles, and he is an older dog, which you don't see very often at the beginning of a series, and I thought that was just such a sweet choice. So why did you decide to go with an older pet companion? There is just nothing like an older dog, is there? I mean, I they're absolutely fantastic. We support uh, Muttville here in San Francisco area. And they specialize only in senior dogs. That's all they do is place senior dogs. Oh, wow. And my daughter works at the animal shelter here in town. And, you know, those are the dogs that get left mm-hmm. because they're not puppies and people want the puppies and the cute, cute puppies. It's almost an ageism, right? Right. And, you know, the, the puppy, the older dogs are going to be a little bit more expensive and are going to be, have a little bit more trouble, but there's just such a delight in an older dog. We had our Nala for years and years and there's just absolutely nothing like the love of an older dog mm-hmm. puppies are adorable but you know that you have to have a heart for those older ones because they've earned their place in a home and it just is so painful to me to see an older dog in a shelter that was discarded so someone could get a younger dog oh you know? i agree so oh i wanted to write a character that rescues an older dog and the dog kind of rescues her too right as as is the way of rescue dogs mm-hmm. so, I love that. I love that. And I mean, there's definitely like difficult emotions that do come with having an aging pet and losing them is just the worst thing, but they're so worth it. And I really appreciate that you didn't shy away from having an older companion because like you said, we love our elderly pets just as much as we love them when they're babies. And it's really nice to get to see them have some actual page time in a cozy mystery series. I really appreciated that. And, you know, Noodles was inspired by a story I read of an actual service dog who didn't quite make it through the service dog program. And he would just randomly deliver products to his owner, like just get out a bottle of ranch out of the fridge and bring it over (laughs) a bottle of water whenever the the mood struck him. So that's kind of where I got that idea for Noodles doing the same thing. It just cracked me up that story. That's so cute. And I love that you're also involved with that rescue shelter as well. What a neat thing. Well, I wrote a series um, for Harvest House, which was just a sweet romance. And they Mm -hmm. allowed me to use one of their dogs on the cover. Oh, fun. It was called Sit, Stay, Love. And the dog on the cover is actually a Muttville dog. So uh, I give a percentage of my proceeds from that uh, series to Muttville. Oh my goodness. I love that. And I'm pulling it up on my phone on Goodreads, like literally as we chat. So sit, stay, love. Do you see the dog on the cover there? Yes. He's so sweet. Oh, he's a pug. <laughs> he's like little, you know, filmy eyes. Cause he was just like, he was, you know, he, and the dog, the dog was placed in a home. It was a rescue dog. So <laughs> I was happy that that little dog was was found a home, but Muttville's just fantastic because that that's what they do. You know, that's no so matter neat. what the reason is, they'll find a home for mm-hmm. those older dogs. Oh, I love it. Oh, and you've got a you've got a weenie dog on the cover of book two. That's that's my favorite. We just barely had to say goodbye to our little old weenie dog a few weeks ago. Oh, so I'm definitely so gonna have sorry. to pick up this series. Yeah. You know, she she was worth every second, you know? Absolutely. So yeah. All right. So back to your story. Um, the ice cream shop that Trinidad runs is called the Shimmy and Shake Shop. 
And I do love me an ice cream cozy, especially in the summer. And we have been experimenting with cozy mystery recipes lately over on TikTok. And we made Trinidad's Easy Key Lime Pie ice cream. And it was so Did you love it? good. Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. Do you know why I love that recipe? Because for some reason, some weird chemical reason, it doesn't get icy and gritty. It stays yeah. this creamy. We just had some last night that's been in the freezer for like two months. Really so creamy and good. I don't know. I don't know why it works, but it does. Oh my goodness. We really? loved it so much. How did you come up with the recipe? Gosh, I, I don't even know. I don't even think I can tell you. It's been in our family for a long, long time. My daughter, my youngest daughter loves key lime, anything limey flavored. So I've been making it for quite a while. Um, it's just super easy. You know, I don't like to put complicated recipes in the back of things because sometimes I read culinary cozies and I'm like, mm -hmm. I can never in a million years do that. I'm not the most fantastic cook in the world. So it needs to be easy. Right. So I feel the I same way. I got that recipe and I just love the graham crackers that you put in there and they, they like get soft, but they don't totally disintegrate. So mm -hmm. yeah, I it mean, gives it like that slightly <clears throat> crunchy, chewy texture. Oh my goodness. It's so good. It is. It's a great recipe. I wish I could tell you where it's from, but I don't honestly know. We just had it. <laughs> so I, I know this question wasn't on the, the list of questions that I sent you ahead of time, but now I'm curious. So did you have a love for making ice cream before you decided to write an ice cream cozy? You know, I, I do make ice cream in the summer. I have a little machine that I use quite frequently, but uh, you know, what I remember is when I was a kid, we lived in New Jersey mm -hmm. and we had a house with a basement and my father put an old, you know, the old cranky machine down there in the basement. And we, our job was to put all of these peppermints, you know, like those starlight mints in a bag and, and whack them into okay. pieces. And I just have such a vivid memory of that. And we had made this peppermint ice cream and I just, it was like the, the coolest thing ever. And then we would make, um, you know, peach ice cream in the summer, you know, I just, because ice cream makes people happy. Mm -hmm. There is nothing else that you can say. Well, ice cream is a happy food. People don't serve it at funerals. You know, it's, it's just a happy food. Right. So I just kind of equate that in my heart with happiness. And if you're selling ice cream, you're selling happiness. That's what I think. Oh, I agree completely. And I love that. How cool that you have like such a, a personal memory to tie into the, the art that you're creating now. I love that. That's the best kind of recipe that you remember the feeling of it mm -hmm. and the love that went with it, not just how it tasted. You know? Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So we do love to leave our listeners with some cozy book recommendations. And since your book is an ice cream cozy, I was hoping you could recommend another ice cream cozy for us. You know, I can. I, I read this book called The Rocky Road to Ruin. Have you guys read that? Yes, I loved that book. By Mary Allen. And I thought some of the recipes in there just made my mouth water, honestly. So much fun. Yeah, yeah I that was That was a good one. I have read a lot of uh, culinary mysteries, cheese mysteries and grilled cheese mysteries and ice cream mysteries, but that's the one that kind of rose to the top. Yeah, that was one of my favorite um, cozies that I read last summer, for sure. And book two, I think, comes out in just a couple weeks. And it's set in this like old castle style manner. So it has kind of like a gothic vibe to it. It feels kind of like that like 1980s version of Clue. Oh, fun. Yeah, I know. 
vibe. So excited. <laughs> and, I, you know, definitely hoping for lots more delicious ice cream recipes because we actually bought an ice cream maker after I read your book and I was like, oh, I want to make an ice cream recipe. So we had to go get one and now I have oh. to use it. So. <laughs> Do you have like the little one that, you know, like the electric one? I have a yeah. little small one, like a Don B.A. or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's yeah. just a small Andy. one. I think we got it on Amazon for like $60. It wasn't too bad, yeah, but now I have to use it and learn all the tricks. So you do ice cream makers have come a long way since the olden days, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember my my parents having the ones that you would like turn by hand. There's like the crank uh -huh. on the crank Absolutely. on them. Absolutely. And you yep. put the rock salt in and all that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Those are good times. Yeah. So this is uh the the lazier version, but the result was still amazing. <laughs> good deal. Well yeah. we're hoping to include some uh, some good recipes you'd like to try in the in the third book as well. So I can't wait. And like we mentioned, A Sprinkle in Time is out now. So Dana, do you want to close out the show by telling us what you're working on now and how our listeners can connect with you online? Oh, sure. My pleasure. Um, well, A Sprinkle in Time is out right now. The third book, which I'm just finishing editing right now in the series, um, that's going to, there's going to be a little delay in that. That's going to come out next November, I think. Okay. November 2020. Three, is that right? I know. It's like what year? What year even is it anymore? I have a COVID wrinkle in my brain. I can't remember years anymore. But we're delaying that just a little bit because it is a Christmas themed book, and it it'll come out just before Christmas next yeah, year. Yeah, so. that's perfect. Yeah, and I write suspense novels, so I'm always very very busy in that world. And I'm thinking about my next cozy mystery series. Oh, I, I so want to write. I have so many ideas. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, I have too many ideas. <laughs> I need to just focus already. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens when I deliver that third one. I'll be ready to pitch the next series. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely be staying tuned for more news. Do you have like an, an author newsletter or anything that people can sign up for? I have a monthly newsletter. Um, you can sign up for that at DanaMinting.com. And I'm in all the usual places on Facebook and such. I'm always, I'm, I'm, recently dove into TikTok. Are you in TikTok? I I recently just dove into TikTok as well. So I'm going to have to go and follow your, you. What's your name on TikTok? I think it's just at Get Cozy Podcast. Well, I'm not the most skilled on TikTok, but I'm um, not yet either, but it's, it's a work in progress. We'll get there. <laughs> right. It's a strange place to be. Yeah. But uh, most people find me on Facebook and Instagram and such and sundry. So but always happy to have new newsletter subscribers. I do give away lots of little treats to my newsletter subscribers. I try to treat them very well. So always happy to have um, new subscribers. Fun. Well, I am definitely going to go sign up for the newsletter as soon as we're finished here. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for participating in the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I just had so much fun. My pleasure. I had fun too. And I'm glad you enjoyed the ice cream. I absolutely did. And I can't wait for, for more recipes from you. So that was just such a great time. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for joining us. We will have another episode of Get Cozy Podcast for you very soon. So stay tuned. <laughs> 
that's all for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be hosting in our upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy reading and stay cozy. Thank you.